Heavenly Father, we ask that you would help us by your Holy Spirit this morning to choose the way of truth and to set our hearts on your laws. And we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Well, this morning we continue our series in the book of Philippians and we've been working our way through this book together and we're into chapter 4 now where the Apostle Paul is giving various instructions to the church in Philippi as to how they are to live. And last week we saw uh, verse 4 that he encourages them to rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice, and we unpack what it means to rejoice in the Lord. This week we're going to be looking at verse 5 where he gives a further command to the church in Philippi and that is, let your gentleness be evident to all. He encourages the church in Philippi to be gentle. And what does that mean? What does it mean to be gentle? Well, this Greek word that's translated as gentle here in our translation is actually a very difficult word to translate. Uh, people have got all kinds of different translations for it. And if you look at other translations, and you may even have another translation before you this morning, uh, you'll see that there's different words used, that gentleness is not the only way that it's been translated. Uh, the Holman Bible has graciousness, be gracious. Uh, the New American Standard has have a forbearing spirit, let your forbearing spirit uh, be evident to all. The KJV, the King James, has let your moderation, so not graciousness, but uh, not gentleness, but moderation be evident to all. And the ESV has reasonable. So you can see of all the main translations, they all have a different word to try and translate this word that's there in the Greek. That is the command from the Apostle Paul. So what does it mean? Well, another way we can try and unpack it is by looking at how it's used elsewhere in the New Testament, and it's actually used to describe the Lord Jesus Christ, and it's coupled with the word meekness. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 1, it says, by the meekness and gentleness, so this Greek word that's there in Philippians chapter 4, verse 5, uh, by the meekness and gentleness of Christ. So meekness is another way to try and understand what is being emphasized here. But basically, the word means to consider the whole situation of someone. So it's used of leaders, so even elders are described as needing to have this characteristic in the New Testament. It's where leaders are merciful to someone or gracious to that person, gentle with the person, in consideration of who they are and their faults. So the idea is that you don't have the same way of treating everybody, but instead you look at a person and you look at how you can be gracious and merciful and gentle with that person because of who they are. So you don't have a blanket approach to everybody. So when someone does something wrong, you don't just come down in the exact same way with every single person that behaves in that way. No, you behave differently. You behave gently to individuals. You assess them. You, you're reasonable to them. You don't just have the same approach to everyone. Now, this doesn't mean that you don't stand for the truth. You don't say, oh, well, it doesn't matter. I'll be gentle to everyone and I don't do anything. No, we stand for the truth, but we do it in a way that is gentle. You don't have this insistence on your rights. Sometimes you allow yourself to be wronged in order to help somebody else. Now, who should we be gentle to? Who should we be gracious to? Well, the Apostle Paul tells us. He commands us, let your gentleness be evident to all, which means all men, to everyone. doesn't mean that we are only supposed to be gentle to other Christians. doesn't mean that we're supposed to be only gentle to our family and friends. If we're meant to be gentle to all, who does that include? Well, it includes our enemies. There is no one in this world that we're not supposed to consider in the situation that we face with them, and have some measure of gentleness 
some sort of reasonable approach to that individual, whether it be an enemy, whether it be a friend or a family member, a fellow Christian. And Christ is the supreme example of this, isn't he? He was someone who was meek and gentle to everyone, whether it was children that he was dealing with, whether it was his disciples that he was dealing with, whether it was women, whether it was people who were sick, whether it was rulers, leaders of the nation, whether it was Gentiles, whether it was his enemies. There is a sense where you see him assessing each individual person and applying the truth in a manner that suits and fits that person. So what is gentleness like? What does it mean to be gentle? Well, an illustration might help, and I think that a good illustration for this is it's, it's like the shock absorber in our dealing with people. Why do we need it? Well, as we journey through this world, as we drive through this world, through this life, every time we interact with other people, there are bumps. Why? Well, as soon as someone enters into our space, they affect our journey. They start to influence it. How? Well, just by their appearance. The way someone looks can affect your journey in this life. Just by them being there in your sphere and their appearance affects your journey in this world. And then, of course, if they open their mouths, it really starts to affect your journey through this world. And then what they do starts to affect your journey as well. Now, some of these interactions with others make for a more pleasant, a smoother and enjoyable ride through this world. But often people's interactions with us will create bumps in the road. Why? Because sin infects everything. Sin infects everything. Some people will do things that are plainly wrong. And they're like potholes that we come across in our journey through this world. What are those potholes like? Well, well they're, what are the, an example of them well, is when people speak words of hate to us. When people speak what is wrong towards us. It's like we're going over a pothole, bump, as we journey through this world. When people commit acts of violence, when they steal from us, when they hurt us physically, it's bumps in our journey through this world. And even when people's best actions are performed towards us, there's still some roughness that will jolt us a little. How so? Well, people can speak the truth, but not in love. They're doing something that is good and helpful to us, but they're not doing it in a loving way. They're not doing it in a gentle manner to us. People will help us do the dishes, but they'll grumble the whole time. They may grumble about doing the dishes, but, or they may be grumbling about somebody else or some other matter in their life. And so there's a roughness that's happening even as we're journeying along with that people, those people. It's very unusual that anyone in this world is like a car park's surface. You know when you're in the car park and your wheels actually squeal as you turn them because it's so completely smooth? Situations like that are rare in this world when we interact with others. They're not completely smooth. There's always some sort of roughness. And sometimes there's a great big pothole in the way. Now what do we do in such situations when we come across a major pothole or there's a bit of roughness in the person that we're interacting with. Well, we could deal with them with pure justice and tell them that what they're doing is wrong. That's going to make, make for a very painful bump over that pothole that you've come across. Or you can have the shock absorber of gentleness. You can have the shock absorber of gentleness. So how can you be gentle with the person? How can you absorb the shock of their sin or whatever roughness 
whatever irritating way they have as it comes and interacts with you and affects your journey and makes it less pleasant, how can you have that shock absorption? How can you show gentleness? Well, you assess people. You look at the person and you forego some of your rights in order to absorb the shock of that sin. How so? Well, less gentleness sometimes is needed if the person isn't likely to take offence, if you know the person fairly well and you know that you don't need so much gentleness with that person. But other people may be generally okay, you don't need to have a lot of gentleness in the way you interact with the person, but because of recent weather, there may be major potholes going on in their life. And as you come across them, you need to deal with that person much more gently. You see that recently with our, we've had extreme weather here in Sydney and uh, there's been so many more potholes on the road and our councils have been scrambling uh, to try and fill them in and it's because of the weather that's going on. And we see this with people. Generally speaking, we don't need a lot of gentleness with them, but because of recent weather conditions, because of experiences in their lives, suffering or something that's going on in their life, they need a lot of gentleness because of what they've just told you. You can't just respond with, well, you've got to do this, this, and this. No, you need to speak very gently and maybe refrain from saying some things that they need to do and just focus on one thing or just have a listening ear in that situation. We need to assess each individual person and work out what do we need to do with them. And some people are irritating all the time. And we need to assess those people and understand that we just need to be generally gentle with that person all the time and absorb the shock, forego some of our rights because of who that person is at this stage in their life. But how else can we be gentle? Well, we assess the actual person, but we also assess the weight of our vehicle, what we're doing in that situation, how big our vehicle is at that time when we're crossing that pothole. When you're talking to someone about the weather... That's your interaction with the person. That's your vehicle at choice at the moment to interact with that person. You don't need a lot of gentleness, really. Because it's just one of those things you chat about, you're concerned about somewhat, and you're just talking about the weather. But if you need to confront the some person, someone about some sort of serious sin in their life, you need to bring something up with them. You're driving like a truck into their life over the pothole that they've got. And you need to be very considerate of what you're doing. Talking about the weather, it's like driving a mini, like a small little vehicle along, and it's not going to really need much gentleness. But if you've got a very large vehicle that you're wanting to drive through their life, you're going to have to be very gentle, very careful about the way that you address the situation with them. So to be gentle, you've got to assess each person. Don't treat everybody the same. Look at them, look at their experience, and treat them with the gentleness that is appropriate in that situation. But also assess yourself and what you're wanting to do in your interaction with the person. Now, why should we bother? It sounds very hard to be gentle with others, to forgo our rights, to forbear with others. It's very difficult to do, particularly if the person is very irritating all the time. How do I express gentleness when they never show much gentleness to me? They never fill up my gentleness tank. How am I meant to fill up their gentleness? How am I meant to be gentle towards them? Well, the word of God tells us why. Look with me at verse 5. Philippians 4, verse 5. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. The Lord is near. There's a reason for why you should be gentle. 
Now, what does it mean, though? The Lord is near. What is Apostle Paul trying to teach us by saying the Lord is near? Well, one thing it could mean is that the Lord is near to judge. The Lord is near to judge. What does that mean? Well, he's near to judge us if we're not gentle. This is a command that God has given us through the Apostle Paul. And if we refuse to do it, if I refuse to be gentle with others around me, the Lord is near to judge me for that. But it also means the Lord is near to judge others. He is near to avenge us for those people who have wronged us. And we have then foregone our rights to avenge ourselves. He will avenge. He will repay because he is near. What does it mean that he is near? It could mean that he is near in this world. He does interact and he does judge in this world. He disciplines and he punishes. But it also means he is near to judge on Judgment Day, where all wrongs will be righted, where all potholes will be treated as they should be. He is near to judge on Judgment Day. When someone sins against us or irritates us, we can forget our rights if the Lord is near to judge. And let the Lord sort it out. And an example of this in the Old Testament is the example of King David. That passage that we had read for us before from 2 Samuel chapter 16. Flip with me back there now and I'll read part of it again. Because it's such a good illustration. I found it very helpful in my own life when I am troubled by something that someone is doing to me. 2 Samuel chapter 16. Look with me there, page 311 if you have a church Bible. So the context is, is that King David is... Well, he was on the throne, but he's had to flee because his son Absalom has taken over. And so he's leaving the kingdom, and he has this enemy who is overjoyed, basically, that David is having to flee the city. And so we read from verse 5 of chapter 16, As King David approached Baharim, a man from the same clan as Saul's family, Saul's family, of course, is the previous king who David has replaced, from Saul's family, came out from there. His name was Shimei, son of Gerar, and he cursed as he came out. He pelted David and all the king's officials with stones, though all the troops and the special guard were on David's right and left. He's there and he's taken on the whole army, basically. As he cursed, Shimei said, Get out, get out, you man of blood, you scoundrel. The Lord has repaid you for all the blood you shed in the household of Saul, in whose place you have reigned. The Lord has handed the kingdom over to your son Absalom. You have come to ruin because you are a man of blood. Now, Abishai speaks up. Now, is this a gentleman here? Verse 9, Then Abishai, son of Zariah, said to the king, Why should this dead dog curse my lord the king? Let me go over. And cut off his head. A gentleman. Verse 10. But the king said, What do you and I have in common, you sons of Zariah? If he is cursing because the Lord said to him, Curse David. Who can ask, Why do you do this? David then said to Abishai and all his officials, My son, who is of my own flesh, is trying to take my life. How much more than this Benjamite? Leave him alone. Let him curse, for the Lord has told him to. It may be that the Lord will see my distress and repay me with good for the cursing I am receiving today. Why did David behave in that manner? Because he knew that the Lord was near. He knew that the Lord was near to judge. To judge Shimei? Yes. But also to judge him and his response. If he 
cuts off that guy's head like a dead dog, God would judge him for it. And so he responds with gentleness to this man who's throwing dirt and pelting him with stones as he flees from the kingdom. And so this is what it means for us to be gentle. The Lord is near to judge us and we need to be careful. But I think there's another way that we can take this instruction from Philippians chapter 4, verse 5 as well and what it means when it says the Lord is near to judge. What does that mean? I think it means that the Lord is near to help, to help absorb the shock. And I think that's probably, I think the Apostle Paul is maybe piggybacking on a couple of ideas here. And one, of course, is that the Lord is near to judge. But I think he wants the readers to understand that the Lord is near to help because of the next verse as well. Verse 6 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. He's not wanting them to stay away from God and be scared of God's judgment, but he wants them to draw near to God, near to God for help in prayer. And that's what we should do. We should go to the Lord for help. The Holy Spirit will help us to be gentle with the most irritating people and with the people who are hurting us severely. He will help us. What's the Holy Spirit like? He's he's like one who is pouring fluid into our shock absorbers, which are so leaky. I don't know much about shock absorption, but I did a little bit of research this week. But apparently that's how shock absorption is done today. There's fluid and it's compressed as you go over a bump, but the fluid does leak out. And we as Christians, we are leaky with our shock absorption. The gentleness does start to ebb out, to leak out. We need the Holy Spirit to come and pour more fluid back into our shock absorbers. How does he do it? Well, it's often by reminding us of the Lord. We saw that last week, rejoice in the Lord, and we looked at the Lord. But what in particular is really helpful for us to remember about the Lord that helps us to be gentle in our situations that we face was to remind us of Christ's absorption, of shock, of sin. Jesus has absorbed the greatest shock of sin of all time, at the cross. And that was the shock of our sin. Our sin caused huge shock to Jesus at the cross. And as we reflect upon that, and his willingness, his gentleness in going, considering us, and then absorbing the shock that we deserve for our sin, we then can, of course, easily absorb the shock of the sin of those around us. We see this built into the Lord's Prayer. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. He forgives us our sins, and so, of course, we then forgive the sin of those around us. And so this is what we are to do. We're to be gentle with others, to absorb the shock of their sin, because we know the Lord is near to judge, judge us and them, and we know that he is near to help us. An illustration might help us to know how the Lord is near to help us. Think of a child, a small boy. Imagine that small boy and someone slaps him in the face. Now, won't the child use his reason to respond differently based on who it is and the situation that is before him? If it's a baby that slapped him in the face, won't he use reason in that situation to absorb 
the shock in a way that's different, as opposed to whether it's an older brother or a bully at school or a teacher at school or the neighbour next door has just slapped him in the face. Won't he assess the situation and respond differently based on who it is? And what he was doing just before that slap came is important as well for his assessment of how he will respond. Was he just standing there? Or was he saying things that may have been true, but a bit smart? He was rebuking someone for what they'd done. And so he got a slap in the face. Now, what would motivate the boy to be gentle in that situation and forget his rights in that moment and not retaliate? What would do that to him? Why would he be gentle? Is it because children have a natural tendency to gentleness? No, children love justice. They love justice. They love to say, it's not fair. Slap in the face, it's not fair. There's not a natural tendency to gentleness. What would give a child a motivation to be gentle in that situation if he's been slapped in the face? Knowing that his father is near, that his father is near, is a great motivator for gentleness. Why? Because he knows that if he retaliates, the father will have a go at him. If he responds by thumping the brother back, the father is near and he will judge him for it. But he also knows that dad will sort out the, pro the problem. If the father is near, dad will sort out the brother, dad will sort out the bully, dad will sort out the teacher at school, dad will sort out the next door neighbour. Particularly if the dad is right there next to the child. He is right there. What child will retaliate? Won't he look straight at dad and say, help, and rely upon dad if dad is a good and powerful dad, to sort out the problem? Of course he will. And he'll know that dad can advise him and give him help in that situation. He'll sort out the bully, he'll sort out the teacher, he'll sort out the next door neighbour, he'll sort out the older brother, and he can help him to know in the next situation how to work through with this irritating person who slaps him in the face. And so the boy, he absorbs the shock of the slap because dad is near. He can even be cheerful in that situation, knowing that dad is there to help sort things out. So what are we to do? Well, we gently absorb the shock of people's sin against us too. Why? Same reason. We're conscious of the Lord's nearness to judge us if we disobey his command to be gentle. We're also conscious of the Lord's nearness to judge others. He will avenge, he will repay. We're also conscious of the Lord. It's nearness to help us. He is right there to give us strength, to give us advice. For really serious sin that someone does against us, we can go to his mechanisms of justice in this world. The authorities are there. If someone slaps you in the face, punches you, there are mechanisms in place in our society, God-given mechanisms by which you can appeal to higher authorities to deal with that situation. And so you can be gentle in return. You can not slap back. And of course, we can go to the Lord's word for counsel to deal with the even most irritating of people who are around us. How? Well, we go to God in prayer, as we'll see in the future weeks in chapter 4 of Philippians. We also go to his word for counsel. And we look to his word for how can we be gentle in this situation. And what's the best way? 
to look at the Lord's gentleness towards our sin and replicate that. So what's our motivator for gentleness? Daddy will be home soon. And Daddy is home now. So are you known as a gentle person? How are the shocks on your car as you journey through this life? Is it not good? If you'd ask people around you, would they say you're a gentle person? Why is that if it's not true? Is it because you're not a Christian? You don't believe the Lord is near. You don't really believe God will judge you one day for all your lack of gentleness. If that is you, wake up. Understand that the Lord is ready to forgive. He's ready to forgive you for all your sinful and irritating ways. Many of them you don't even know about. Jesus humbled himself and left his rights in heaven, came into this earth, lived as a servant and was crucified, even crucified. He died, even to death on a cross, for sinners like you. Either Jesus absorbs the shock of your sin now, or you'll be shocked for eternity in hell because of your sin. Come to him, trust in him, and have forgiveness of sins. Or aren't you very gentle because you keep forgetting? You're a Christian, but you keep forgetting that the Lord is near to judge. Don't you believe that the Lord's second coming is near? Don't you believe he could judge your harshness tonight? You could be before his judgment throne tonight. And your lack of gentleness today will be judged. Or don't you believe that he could judge the sin that people have done against you tonight? He could judge their sin. He could judge your sin, but he could judge your and others. And so, of course, you can be gentle to that person, knowing that the Lord is near. He will come, and he will judge. Or don't you believe that he is able to judge even now? And to hold people accountable for what they've done, even in this world? Or is it that you're not very gentle because you forget that the Lord is near to help? Do you not draw near to the Lord in prayer? Do you not draw near to the Lord in his word? Do you not study how the Lord absorbed the shock of your sin at the cross in the Lord Jesus Christ? And so, of course, you're not gentle towards others around you. If we aren't leaving sin with the Lord to judge or going to the Lord for the help that we need, what are we doing? Well, it's like driving through this world without fluid in our shock absorbers. And what does that mean? It means a painful journey, a very painful journey. So let us remember that the Lord is near to judge and go to him for help. And what will happen? We'll be gentle with people who are sometimes like potholes. We will assess them, see what they are, and show a gentleness to them. We'll be able to deal with even the most irritating of people, who are consistently bumpy roads. It's like they never have a smooth surface. But we'll be able to deal with them because we've gone to the Lord and we've asked for help. We know he is near. And what else will happen? Well, God will be on it. God will be on it as we are gentle with everyone around us, to all. God will be on it because we are keeping his command and behaving in a way that most of the world does not behave in. 
and we stand out as we glorify him. And what else happens? Well, if you are gentle with those around you, God is glorified and you have a much more pleasant experience of this life. Oh yes, you can jolt along, banging into people, driving over the massive potholes and administering justice everywhere you go. But it doesn't make for a happy life. You may still get to heaven, but it's going to be a much more painful experience. But if you show gentleness, God is glorified and life is much more pleasant for you and for the potholes you're driving over. You will enjoy life so much more if you are gentle to everyone. Children, learn this now. You'll have a much more enjoyable life if you learn to be gentle to everybody now because God commands it and you have come to trust that Jesus has absorbed the shock of your sin. So, of course, you will leave your rights and you will refrain from saying it's not fair in situations because you know that the Lord Jesus left his rights and bore your sin in your place. Let's come to God in prayer now. Let's speak to him. Heavenly Father, we praise you for your gentleness and your graciousness. We thank you for absorbing the shock of our sin in your Son, Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for taking the shock of our sin and so helping us to understand how we are to be gentle too. Oh Lord, we pray that you would forgive us for not being gentle to all. And so we ask that you would help us by the Spirit to remember that you are near to judge and you're also near to help us to be gentle. When people sin against us, oh Lord, we pray that we'd cry out to you for help and that we'd read of your gentleness with us in the Holy Scriptures. And so be gentle to all and honour you and enjoy the life you give us, even with the potholes and the bumpy roads. And Lord, if there is anyone this morning that is here and has not trusted in Christ's work at the cross. Oh Lord, we pray that they would fear you are near to judge. They would fear the shock that is coming in hell for them for their sin. And so Lord, we pray that they would come to Christ and trust in him for the forgiveness of sins now. And we pray this in his name. Amen.